I love that good music, I tell you. I had a preacher one time tell me to keep good singers around me because it covered up my bad preaching. And so I always love, don't say nothing, brother Jace. I, I know what you're thinking, but uh, it's true. And I appreciate good music, I really do. Thank you so much. It's already been a good, good day. And I just uh, praise the Lord for that. We had the opportunity a moment ago uh, to talk to the children out at the children's uh, activity building. And y'all have some magnificent young people right there. They were well attentive. They were great to listen to uh, and to speak to. And I just uh, praise the Lord for them. I praise the Lord for the workers, for Christy and, and Rosie. A wonderful job that they're doing with the children. I'm excited about the building. Uh, what a great day that's going to be when y'all get moved into that and turn Christy and all of them loose in that building. Boy, what a difference that's going to make. But uh, I appreciate them so very much. Christy had wrote me about a week ago and asked me if I would take time to spend with the children before the service. I said I'd be more than delighted to do that. And uh, it was just a good, good time. And so thank you for a good day already. I was talking to my oldest daughter earlier this morning, and she said that my youngest daughter uh, called her yesterday and said, what time would we have to leave to go to Woodland Hills? And my oldest daughter thought for a moment, and she said, probably about 2 or 3 in the morning. And my youngest daughter said, well, I don't think we'll be going. So... Uh, but they, they certainly wanted to be here, and we're going to make arrangements that maybe at Christmas time, at your Christmas program, that we'll make a, an opportunity to come and be with you and bring them so that many of you would be able to meet them as well. Marvelous young girls. Well, I'm not going to preach long tonight because it's children's night. I promised the kids that we would be quick and we would let them out early, and we'll certainly attend to that. I remember when I was in seminary, I did a paper on Billy Graham and evangelism, and two things I learned out of doing that paper. One was, he said he always tried to keep it simple, that even a child could understand it, and if a child could understand it, surely an adult wouldn't miss it. That's good advice, amen? Don't want to preach over your head, I couldn't do that anyway, but I want to just preach to the children level tonight, and pray tonight that God would use it. The second thing that I learned out of doing that paper was simply this. He said no matter where he started, he would always run to the cross. Run to the cross, and that's good advice. And so tonight I want to do that. I want to talk to you about do-overs. Now kids know what do-overs are. They're always playing on the playground, and if things don't go the way they want to go and they didn't win, they say do-over. That means I get to try again, amen? And we adults can identify with that because the truth of the matter is we've used that sometimes Growing up, we wanted do-overs, but then even when we got grown, we began to think sometimes there were some do-overs that we would have liked to have done over, amen? Uh, things we'd done that we wish that we wouldn't have done. Things that we, if we had an opportunity to go back to, we would try to adjust and make them right. Well, I want to share one of those stories tonight because I believe there's many stories as I preached this morning in the Bible. I believe that Peter would have wanted to do-over as I said this morning, when he was out there weeping and denied the Lord, and God gave him a do-over. As I said this morning, when he was raised from the dead, he said, go and tell only one disciple by name, Peter, that I'm not here, I've risen from the dead. And then, of course, Peter preached that great day 
and 3,000 people were saved. So Peter had a do-over. Uh, Jonah had a do-over. I mentioned him this morning. You remember in the belly of the fish when he cried out to God. God spoke to the fish. Fish spit it up Jonah. And Jonah went preached and the whole city turned to God. So he had a do-over. And I mentioned Samson this morning. And then Samson had a do-over. And so God is a God of do-overs. Amen. I mean, God is not only the God of the first chance. He's a God of second chance, third chance. Sometimes if we just don't get it right, we go to God and God makes it right. Amen. And so tonight I want to talk about a do-over. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Luke. We're going to begin reading Luke in the 23rd chapter, beginning in verse 39. Here's a man that wanted a do-over. Beginning in verse 39, you'll catch on real quickly to the familiarity of the story. The Bible says, And one of the male factors which was hang rail on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and save us. I was telling the kids a moment ago, that's a pretty cool thing, wasn't it? He said, if you are who you say you are, and if you really did all of those miracles that you say you did, why don't you come off the cross and save yourself? And while you're doing it, save us too. That's pretty cool. But notice what the next verse says. The Bible says, but the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Does thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? We indeed justly. For we receive the due rewards of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amidst. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou cometh into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, to die thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now we're mostly as adults are familiar with this passage of Scripture, and certainly I believe that almost every child that I talked to a moment ago is familiar with the cross. But tonight what I want to do, as I shared with the young people, is I want to separate the two that were on each side of Jesus, the one that was saved and the one that was lost, the one that turned to the Lord and the one that didn't turn to the Lord. And this is a real simple message because we can see here how this one came to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because first of all, you'll notice that he admitted his sinfulness. You see, my friend, I want to tell you, you cannot be saved until first of all, you know you're lost. Amen? I told the kids a moment ago, I said, there's only two kinds of kids in this room tonight. I said, Quickly, you would simply say, yeah, there's boys and there's girls. Cool, man. I said, no, I'm not talking about boys and girls. I said, I'm talking about saved and lost. I said, that's the only two kinds of kids that are in this room tonight. Those that are going to heaven and those that may not go to heaven. That's the only kind of people there are in the world. Saved people, lost people. And you see, you can never be saved until, first of all, you know that you're lost. And this man did. Notice what he said. He said, look, listen, listen to what you're saying. This man doesn't deserve anything. This man has done no wrong. As a matter of fact, they put him on trial and they came out and they said he hasn't done anything wrong, but yet it was the people that cried out, crucify him, crucify him. But listen to what he says. We deserve what we're getting. We deserve it. In other words, I, I deserve to die on this cross. Why? Because I've done wrong. But this man hasn't done wrong. You see, my friend, you can never be saved until, first of all, you realize that you're lost. And so this man admitted that he, was, 
he had done wrong. He was getting what he deserved to get. And, and I want you to know something else that happened. He admitted that Jesus had done no wrong. He said, this man doesn't, doesn't deserve this. You see, my friend, I could ask you tonight, what wrong do you find in Jesus? Jesus had never sinned. If Jesus had ever sinned one sin, then his dying upon a cross would be insufficient for you and for me. He had done no wrong, but yet here he was upon a cross. We need to understand that we're a sinner and that he's the Savior. That you and I have done wrong, but he has done no wrong. And yet, even though that he had done no wrong, yet when he died upon the cross, he died not for his sins, but he died for our sins. And this man admitted that. He said, we've done wrong, but this man has done no wrong. And then the third thing that I noticed about this man was simply this, that how that he had turned and admitted that he needed to be saved. Notice what he said in the passage. He turned to Jesus and he said this. He said, Lord, remember me when thou cometh into thy kingdom. Notice what he called him, Lord. And he admitted that undoubtedly that there was a kingdom and he wanted to be a part of that kingdom. He acknowledged and he surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from this passage of Scripture. But I just want to give you three simple lessons. And that's simply this. You and I can learn tonight readily that the wickedest sinner can be saved. Amen? I mean, here's a guy on a cross. Here's a guy that had done wrong. But yet, God loved him. And no matter who you are, as I said this morning, no matter how far you've gone, no matter how low that you've ever gotten, God loves you. You never get so bad that God doesn't care about you. To the wicked is to the wicked. We heard that beautiful testimony this morning of the grace of God. How did he reach into that jail and, and touch that young man's heart and, and that young man turned his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ behind the walls of that jail. And I know that Brother Perkins can tell stories after stories after stories of individuals that he's come in contact the very same way. Watch the video last night of the young man that was under the bridge. And on and on it goes. So it doesn't matter how far you've gone, it doesn't matter how bad you are, that there's no one that God doesn't love. But you see, the other side of that coin is simply this. It really doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how high in society you may be. It doesn't matter what kind of a house you live in. It doesn't matter if you have the fanciest car in the parking lot. My friend, it's not a, we're saved by our goodness. We're saved by our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This man turned to the Lord. And the Bible says that even though that he was a wicked sinner, and even though that a person could be the very best of persons, just like many of these little children right over here, 
There comes an age of accountability. And I believe that it comes at different ages in different people's lives. Who am I to judge when a person comes to the age of accountability? But there comes a time in every kid's life that they know right from wrong. And many times that by nature we continue to do wrong more than we do right. But I asked the kids tonight, I said, how many of you have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. And every kid in that auditorium raised their hand. I said, put it down. I said, how many of you kids have ever disobeyed your parent? Raise your hand. And every hand went back up. I said, put your hand back down. I said, how many of you kids have ever been so angry at somebody else that you didn't want to play with them anymore and you just picked up your toys or your game and you walked away, you didn't want them anymore? Every one of them raised their hand. I said, kids, you know what that is? That's sin. Let me tell you why it's sin. Nobody had to teach you those things. Your mama didn't sit you down one day and say, listen, all kids tell a lie, so I think it's best that I teach you how to tell a good lie. No, mama never did teach them that. Just one day, they told a lie and got away with it, and it became easier to tell the second one. Whoever taught them how to disobey? Mom and Daddy didn't sit them down and say, listen, every kid disobeys their parents, so I'm going to teach you how to be a good disobeyer. No. Kids at a very early age grow up realizing that it's easy sometimes just to disobey. Mom tells you to do something, and you say, okay, but you don't do it. Who taught you how to get mad, get angry with other people? Nobody ever taught you that. You see, those things are sin because nobody taught you that. That's why the Bible says that by nature, we're all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. I've told lies, you've told lies. I've disobeyed, you've disobeyed. I've gotten angry, you've gotten angry. And then I brought it down to this level. I said, kids... You know how many sins you'd have to commit not to go to heaven? One. I said, wait a minute, every one of you said you've already done three. But it doesn't take three. It just takes one. But I said, that's why Jesus came, to die for you. So that he could... Take your sins and cleanse them and wash you whiter than snow. You see, we learn in this story that the wickedest or the best can be saved. The second thing that I notice is simply this. This is very evident in the story. We're not saved by works. You notice in the story that Jesus didn't tell him, say, look, dude, if you really want to be saved, you just jump off of this cross, trot it across town, find that baptistry and get baptized, and then come back, climb back up on this cross, and you'll be saved. He never got off of the cross. He didn't join a church. 
Because salvation is not of works. It's of grace. Now, I believe in baptism. Well, I believe that every Christian ought to be baptized. Not in order to be saved, but because you are saved, because it identifies your saving. I believe that every Christian needs a church home. I believe that. But I don't believe that church membership is going to get you to heaven. Going through a baptistry is going to get you to heaven, but only a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he was saved without works. It's a matter of faith of the heart. Then the last thing that I want to mention and make this quick for the children's sake is it was an instant thing. Notice what happened. The Bible said that he turned and he says, Lord, remember me when thou cometh into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, Verily I say unto thee, Today, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He didn't say it's going to be down the road. He said today, today. You die today, you're saved today. It's an instant act. Now, I will say this, and I know that some preachers may disagree with me, and I understand that, and if they want to be wrong, let it be. Amen? But here's what I believe. I believe that a person is saved not when they come and take the preacher by the hand, but I believe that a person is saved when they agree in their heart that they are a sinner in need of a Savior and they turn their heart and life towards the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an instant act. And that person is saved. Now you need to make it public. You need to follow the Lord in baptism. You need to be in church. But those things don't save you faith in the Lord Jesus Christ does. And it's an instant thing. Instant. The Bible says, whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wow. See, there would be no need for anyone tonight walk out of this building lost when you have an opportunity to be saved and walk out of here tonight saved instead of lost. But some may. That's your choice. I told the kids tonight, nobody could make their decision. Brother Herman couldn't make their decision as much as I would want to. Precious, precious children. But I can't make their decision. Mama can't make their decision. As much as Mama would want their kid to be saved, no matter how many tears that Mama may cry, Mama can't make that decision. Daddy can't make it. Preacher can't make it. Only they can. Only when they recognize in their heart that they're a sinner in need of a Savior, that Jesus Christ died upon a cross, not for his sins, but for the sins of this world, and that if they would open up their heart and invite Jesus Christ into their life, be willing to repent of the sins that they've committed and at that moment give their heart and their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can they be saved? Nobody can do it for them. They have to do it. And that's our prayer. 
But that's not just the prayer for the kids. That's the prayer for adults. There are adults here tonight that know all about God. There are adults here tonight that know this story just as well as I know the story of the cross and the two thieves. But you have it all in your mind, but you've never experienced it in your heart. We talk about it, and folks, I want you to know, I thank God for missionaries. I thank God for Alan and the work that he does on the mission field and reaching a world out there that is lost without the Lord Jesus Christ. But don't tell me tonight that you are concerned about missionaries if you're not even concerned about your own life. It's one thing to believe that he died for people over there, but it's another thing to believe he died for you. It's one thing to believe that when he was nailed to that cross, he was nailed for their sins, but it's something else to believe that when he was nailed, he was nailed for your sins. And so the question tonight, have you ever been to the cross? Have you ever came to the place to say, Lord, I believe, I believe, God, I deserve to die. I deserve the cross. I owed it, but yet you paid it. God, I deserved it, but yet you took it. Lord, I come to you to simply say, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Would you come into my heart and to save me? That's a choice you have to make. There's young people here tonight that needs to make that choice. There's grown people here tonight that needs to make that choice. My friend, I can't make it any other simpler. There's only two kinds of people in this room tonight. Saved people and lost people. And listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that there'll be more people that will die without Jesus than there will be that have accepted him. Wide is the road to destruction, many be there upon, but narrow is the road to the kingdom, and few shall find this way. You're not saved because you're good. You're not saved because you're a church member. You're not saved because you ran through a baptistry. You can only be saved by personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know him tonight? What side of the cross are you on? I pray tonight that if God is speaking to your heart, my friend, you take the blinders off tonight and see what God would have you to see tonight. That there's only one way to be saved, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. I get so fed up, my friend. Listen, you know, I mean, there's things that drive preachers up a tree. And I'm one of them, but I hear people all the time tell me, you know, I mean, we travel and we go places and people tell me, they say, well, preacher, you know, it doesn't matter what we believe. We're all striving to get to the same place. Everything depends on what you believe. There's not many ways to heaven. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man shall see the Father except by me. Do you know him tonight? If not, would you put your trust in him tonight? As I said this morning, you tried everything else. Try Jesus. See what he'll do. 
do you want to be saved tonight? You say, well, Brother Herman, what would, what would happen if I walked down there? You know, I mean, people would judge me. People think I'm saved. Folks, listen, I would rather make it right here than to be wrong there. Those people ain't going to stand in your place up there. Every single one of us will one day stand before God, either saved or lost. That's it. How much time do you have? You know, when Judell and I left home that Monday, we left our house, everything like it was, because we knew, we thought, that we would be back that afternoon. We would just run into Houston for an MRI, be there at 10 o'clock, be out of there by noon, be back home by 2.30. But she never got to come home. How much time do you have? We don't know. But we know we got this time, this moment right now, to make the choice that God would have us to make. Don't turn him away. Kids, don't turn him away. If you were one of those kids I told you a moment ago, I didn't point you out, I didn't have you stand up, I didn't embarrass you. But I close by simply saying this. I want it to come from your heart. I don't want you to come from me. I want you to come for you. And some of you older kids, you raise your hand. You said, listen, I've never trusted Jesus, but I want to. I want to. And some of you just raised your hand and said, you know, I'm, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done wrong. I believe that Jesus died, but I've never invited in my heart to forgive me. This is that moment Brother Herman was talking about. Some of you raised your hand and you won't come, and that's okay because you didn't really mean it out there. But some of you raised your hand and you really meant it out there. You really wanted Jesus to come into your heart. And Brother Herman said he was going to give you time to think about it. And then he was going to give you an opportunity that if you really meant it, then we were going to give an invitation in big church. And I was going to invite you to come down. And we're going to have workers here and preachers here that will talk to you and to explain to you exactly what you need to know. I'm not asking you to become a church member. I'm not asking you tonight to go through the baptistry tomorrow night. But what I'm asking you tonight is to become a Christian, to invite Jesus to come into your heart. And the same thing that I invite them to do, I'm inviting you to do. Don't put it off another day. We don't know what tomorrow may bring. Let us pray together. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for the simplicity of that word. And, and God, we see tonight of how that this one thief came to a saving knowledge that, Lord, he admitted that he was getting what he deserved. And, and he admitted that Jesus didn't deserve what he was getting. But Lord, that we saw tonight that no matter who the person is, how bad or how good, that we all need to be saved, that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Lord, tonight that we can make a choice. And that choice is, Lord, to spend eternity with you.
or Lord, to make a choice of rejecting you and hope that someday we'll have another chance, another opportunity. But we don't know that. Tonight, some of these kids are going to come forward. Say tonight, I want to make Jesus my Savior. God, some of the adults are going to stand right here and watch these young kids come. And in their heart, somebody's going to say, you know, I need to go. That that message is not just for young people. That message was for me tonight. I don't know how much time that I have. But I know that I have this time. And tonight, I want to be saved. So God, this is your invitation, and I pray tonight that God, that you would draw those that you will. You say that if you would be lifted up, that you would draw all men unto yourself. God, I'm not the answer. You are. So give them courage tonight. Give these young people courage to step out tonight and walk down this aisle and say tonight, I want to be saved. Give that adult courage tonight to step out. Say tonight, I want to be saved. And God will give you all the praise and all the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Kids, if you were one of those that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to come right now in the very first verse. As we begin to sing, you come on right down here by Brother Case. Would you do that? Stand right down here by him. Adults, if you want to come, you come. Brother Charles, I'll meet you right there. Come on. Come on. about it, you ought to already be coming. That's a choice you have to make.
sing another verse and I don't lead a long invitation. See, I, I believe it's got to come from the heart. I really do. I told Christy when she invited me, I said, Christy, I promise you, I won't put pressure on any of your kids. I said, I'll just present the gospel and I'll give them an opportunity to think about it. And then if it's real, it'll still be real. But if it's emotional, it'll just pass. But see, there's some here tonight that still need to make that decision that you haven't made. But then there's others that need to take it a step further. You've been saved, but you've never been baptized. You say, but Brother Herman, you said baptismal doesn't save you. It doesn't. It identifies you. You're saved because you are baptized. I mean, you're baptized because you are saved. Baptismal is a symbol of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you go into that baptistry, you're saying to a world that you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. That as he died, so have you died. And as he was buried and rose the third day, so have you been buried and you're raised in newness of life. Some of you have never taken that step. I'm just going to step out here on a limb because I believe this. But I tell people that a person that has a problem with their baptismal has a problem with their salvation. Because if you're truly saved, you wouldn't be ashamed of the identity. And maybe you're here tonight and you need to make that right. Maybe you were baptized at an early age and later in years came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior because of pridefulness, worried about what somebody would say, you've never been scripturally baptized. Oh, you got wet when you were young. But if it's a symbol, what did it symbolize? Nothing. Maybe you need to come and say, you know, I, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. But my baptism ain't right. I want to make it right. Then maybe there's somebody here tonight. You're like those precious people that came this morning. Said, you know, this is where God wants me to plug in. This is where God has led me. I need to be a part of this fellowship. You need to come and become a member of this church. So we're going to sing one more verse, and I'll turn it over to Brother Charles. But whether it's salvation or whether it's for baptismal or whether it's for church membership, wouldn't tonight be a good night to make that decision? Let's sing one more verse. Brother Case is here and Charles is here. Come on right now. Come on. I surrender. Make me Savior. Anyone?
if you'll come forward and I know you've heard the word of God tonight and I praise the Lord for the spirit of God that's in this place let me just share with you if you're a, a parent here and you saw one of your children go back you're welcome to go back through those doors and and sit with them and and uh, find your child back there uh, not high uh, so uh, if you've got a child back there, help yourself. Everything given in the offering today, tonight, every penny goes to this evangelistic team. What a blessing they've been to us. And I know you want to be a blessing to them. Ushers, you come. Our most gracious and kind Heavenly Father, Lord, we come tonight just to to thank you for this evening, Father. We thank you for all your many, many blessings. Father, we thank you for Brother Herman, his ministry. Father, most of all, we thank you for your precious son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for that place called Mount Calvary. We thank you for that old rugged cross. We thank you most of all for your precious son. Now, Father, as we come to this time, may we honor you, Father, in these gifts and tithes and offerings. Pray, Father, you'll take them Use them to the furtherance of your kingdom, and we give you praise and glory for all things. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Christy should be back in here any moment. Well, she does. Well, she's, we're waiting on her. Let me just encourage you. Don't forget tomorrow night, 630, uh, revival service right here. Tuesday night, 630, revival service right here. 
Wednesday night is youth night. They'll meet at 5.30, but the rest of the church, 6.30 right here. 6.30 every night. And you see right now, look, it's uh, 7.36. We're going we're gonna to keep going. You're not going to be here all night. Come and uh, just be filled up and blessed, and we'll have a glorious time uh, together each night. All right? Uh, is it uh, uh, Brother Case is trying to get out of here really fast <laughs> Amen uh, Who has the pies Will the one with the pie come forward There she is <laughs> Pies. Yeah, your decisions. Okay, decisions first. All right, all right. Sit right down here, man. Okay, praise the Lord. Amen. Parker, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Pierre Frazier. All right, while they're getting those together, let's introduce these three. First of all, we've got Parker O'Dowd. Come, if you would, and stand here, Parker. And Parker tonight accepts Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are thrilled with you, Parker. And then next, we have Pierre Frazier. Pierre Frazier, okay. Now, how do you get Pierre and then just Frazier? All right, we've got Pierre Frazier tonight. Pierre, have you got anybody with you here? You, your neighbor, okay, good deal. And uh, Pierre comes tonight accepting Christ as his personal Savior and Lord, amen. And then we've got Mauricio Bueno, is that right? Mauricio Bueno, and Mauricio comes tonight accepting Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. Wants to follow the Lord, amen. All right, guys, if y'all would just be seated right back there, we'll have the benediction here in just a moment. Uh, yeah, we want to be sure we get a good angle on this. It <laughs> what? Huh? Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> no. You're ready. Okay. Now, here, what are we going to do? Tell us. What are we going to do? I'm telling us. Yeah. How many kids do we have, first of all? Okay. Now, we did count today the kids, kindergarten through fifth grade, but we also counted our children that are back in the nursery um, all the way through babies. You know, there's one more group we forgot to count. If you had a mom or a dad and you're a kid, would you raise your hand? You still... where's, bro where's Brother Herman? 
Well, we're so glad. We're not going to count y'all. We just counted the kids. So kids, give me a drum roll on your legs. Tonight, we had 69 children here. <laughs> Nobody is happier than Brother Herman. So I'm going to ask Brother Case if he would come on to the stage. Here was the deal. We agreed if there were 25 children that one of them would get to put a pie. It's a whipped cream pie in my face. For 50 children, we volunteered Brother Case. He, he, well, go ahead, raise your hands again. Oh, there's, there they are. And uh, 75, Brother Herman, you just barely missed it. So um, we're going to draw a ticket. All the kids that were here tonight got a ticket. If they brought a friend, they got another ticket. If your ticket matches, you get to come down here and put a pie in our face. Listen, be easy with Miss Christie. Be easy. Now, Brother Case, okay, here we go. I need, a, I need somebody to... All right, Brother Aaron, draw out a number. You're honest. I don't know why they're laughing. Okay. Here's the number. Look at your number. Ready? Seven, three, four... Seven, one, two. Come on, Hayden, road cap. Now we're going to decide which one is mine in a minute. I'm going to see who the other kid is. All right. Stay right there, Hayden. One more. Okay, here we go. Things we do for Jesus. Seven, three, four, seven, one, two. Five. Judah B. That's my girl. Come on, Judah B. All right. We're going to let the girls pie the girls and the boys pie the boys. All right. Mr. Marty, Mr. Michael, if y'all will come here. Now, we're going to wait. We're going to give you the pie. And on the count of three, you're going to get to put it in our face. All right. So we'll hang on. I'm going to give this to Brother Charles. Oh my. And everybody said it was good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> don't, don't forget tomorrow night. We're going to let these come stand here with us here tonight. If y'all would come back, come by and give them the right hand of Christian fellowship and welcome them to the kingdom of God. Amen. Would you stand, join hands together? Christy, we doing buses out first? We got, what have we got? Three buses? Three buses. Okay, okay.
I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and His love. Now before we leave, if you would just listen just for a moment. If you're riding a bus, one of the three buses that ran tonight, would you just real calmly just come right in front of me and right out this door right here. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you, okay? We'll take care of you. All right, quickly, hurry, hurry. If you rode a bus, in one of the buses, right here, we want to get you out of the parking lot, make sure no one gets uh, injured, all right? Follow Miss Rosie right here, all right? Brother Herman dodged a bullet tonight, amen? Yeah, yeah. When we started talking about this in staff meeting, they said, Could you, you think Brother Herman would let us dye his hair? And I said, Herman will do anything as long as it comes out. And so Christy said, yeah, it'll come out. It'll come out. So Brother Herman said, all right, you can dye my hair. And then we started talking a little bit more. And I said, now you better make sure because uh, he's got a cowboy camp meeting he goes to next. And you go up in Oklahoma with red hair or green hair, buddy, you, they'll run you out of town. I said, it's got to be sure that it comes out. And Christy said, maybe we better just do a pie. <laughs> all right. All right. That's all of us. Brother Alan Bushonic, where are you at? Pray for us, please. Thank you.